Welcome back to The Takeaway. I'm Melissa Harris-Perry, and we've got a real treat for you today because we're talking with... Legend, living legend, fashion icon, Tony, Grammy, Emmy Award winner, my dear friend, Billy Porter. Yeah, yeah, I borrowed there from my friend, Ms. Laverne Cox, for that intro, because as she said, Billy Porter has done a lot. He's three quarters of the way to an EGOT. He's already won a Tony and a Grammy for his iconic role in Kinky Boots. And an Emmy for his star turn as Pray Tell in Pose. The category is Bring It Like Royalty. And of course, off screen, Billy is always bringing it like royalty. Remember that tuxedo gown from the Oscars? Or the time he arrived for the Met Gala dressed as an Egyptian sun god and carried onto the red carpet by six shirtless men? Yes, Billy Porter knows how to make an entrance. And he didn't disappoint for our interview. I'm on the highway. Can we just get off and pull over at some exit so that the signal can stay clear? Whenever you can. (laughs) Yes. Billy pulled over on the highway to be sure we'd get good audio for our conversation. I'm talking with Billy today because he's adding another title to his list of accomplishments. Director. His new film, Anything's Possible, is a queer high school rom-com based on a true story. Four years ago, a real-life high school student elicited the help of a relationships subreddit, looking for some romantic advice. And the post read something like this. I, 17, male, am developing a a huge crush on this girl, 17, female. It's like a pull your hair out, scream it out the window for the whole world to hear kind of deal. Problem is, she's trans. And not, not that that's a problem for me. I'm just afraid of the drama I could cause if I ask her out. The post has now come to life in Anything's Possible. The film stars Abu Bakr Ali as the kid with the crush and black trans actor Eva Rain as Kelsa, a transgender high school senior. I've been thinking a lot about dating, like whether or not I want to, because like, when exactly am I supposed to disclose that I'm trans? Billy Porter, how are you? Melissa Harris Perry, how are you? I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for taking the time with me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thanks for literally pulling over on the side of the road to talk to us. (laughs) Yes, I have an actual day off, if you can believe that. So I'm on my way out to the house. So you're just going to do 52 interviews today as opposed to the normal 152 (laughs) interviews. (laughs) Yes, booked, busy, and blessed, Tyler. Listen, now of all the places in the world that I've been where I would want to go again, at the bottom of that list is high school. Tell me why you wanted to do a high school rom-com. Well, you know, the high school rom-com came to me. Right. It was Christine Bashan, the producers, uh, David Hanahosa, DJ Guggenheim, Andrew Lauren. And they had this script and they thought about me 
And they came to me and when I read it, I thought, wow, this is so beautiful. Um, you know, it really takes a genre that we know. It takes a life, a world that we all know um, and sort of flips it with the characters that populate the story. And we're not used to seeing these characters in this way. And I, I was very moved by that. You know, I hear you saying flipping characters that we don't normally get an opportunity to see. But to me, it feels almost like breathing life into characters so frequently made flat. Can you talk to me about how you and your collaborators made sure that Kelsa was a real person? Well, I cast a real person. <laughs> you know, it's like 90 percent, 80 to 90 percent of your work as a director is casting. And um, Eva was the first person that I saw. Eva was my first choice the whole time. And we were blessed to be able to get her. You know, she's grounded. She's present. She's open. And she's powerful. And I really wanted to make sure that this character was empowered, that this woman was an empowered Black trans woman because our, our our girls need to see that, you know, they need to see that it comes from within, you know, your power comes from within and I, and she has that in spades. You talk about um, casting as being this critical aspect of your work as a director. What did you love about directing and what was frustrating? Um, the actual directing part, the actual creative part, was like bliss, <laughs> bliss. Um, you know, the hard part is dealing with like the studio. <laughs> like that's a new thing for me. You know, I never, I'm from the theater, so I never really had to do that before. That was a very, um, that was challenging. I'm not gonna lie. And, you know, I'm looking forward to doing it again and employing what I've learned. Hmm. What have you learned? Um, that I know a lot more than I thought I knew. That my instincts are actually right. And to lean into what I know. You know, what I know to be true. What I love about that, coming out of you talking about Kelsa as empowered, is that sense of empowerment I hear from you as a director. So having walked through both this bliss and it sounds like a little bit of a, a fire at the same time, are you feeling empowered with a directorial voice on the other side of it? Yes, I do. I do feel empowered with this directorial voice. I got a chance to make a film and put a piece of art out into the world that I truly believe in and something that is a game changer in a lot of ways. And that is amazing. That's an amazing feeling. And it came from me, all of it. You know, I mean, the script, I got the script and then I put, I went to work, honey. I got to watch it last week in front of an audience and it was just magical. You know, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm finally able to feel it. When you're in the middle of doing it, like you, it's, not, it's hard to, to feel it. Now I have some distance. Now I have some separation. 
And to be able to watch the thing as a whole and like it's out and it's like, oh, shoot. I made a whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) You, as you're talking about sort of finally being able to step out, see the whole thing, right, in its entirety, have you ever just taken a weekend and and binge-watched Pose all the way to the final episode? No. (laughs) No. No, I haven't. I probably should. I've I mean, I've done it at least once. twice, to be clear. <laughs> I've done, I've done, I've watched everything at least once all the way through, but I've never binge watched myself. I think because it's like so much of my career, I was told that my queerness would be my liability. And so I spent so much time trying to act a certain way so that I could be perceived to be straight enough so that I could eat. So when I decided to choose myself and just be who I am, what I find is that if I look too much at myself, then I'll start to judge myself and then maybe I'll stop being who I am. Like I fear that still a little bit. So I don't watch myself a lot (laughs) so that I can not judge myself so that I can stay my, my true self right now. Hopefully that'll change. But that's a little bit of a, a thing for me still. I hear you laugh as you say that. I hear the protective laugh that comes with that. Yes, um, yes. But I also, I also just don't want to lose that formulation to act straight enough to eat, to feed yourself, to work. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was a big deal for a very long time. And I was good at it. And people made me feel like I wasn't. And now I could go back and I have watched the old stuff, my old music videos and all of that stuff. And it was like, no, I was straight. I I was passing. (laughs) But it wasn't the truth. And ultimately, as an artist for myself personally, I wanted to tell the truth. I needed to tell the truth. I needed to represent the truth. I need to represent the truth, period. And so I'm grateful that I went through that to get to where I am now because I'm a very, very different person. I'm a very different artist. And uh, yeah, I'm grateful. I am. Last year, you walked quite publicly into another difficult truth, stating publicly for the first time that you've been living with HIV since a 2007 diagnosis. How has that moment of extraordinary courage playing for you now? How are you feeling? You you said part of why you wanted to do it was so that you could feel the unadulterated joy, so that you could have the peace, the intimacy, the sex without shame. Tell me that that's what you're experiencing now, please, because I'm excited for you. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Once again, it's like it's such a journey and none of it is immediate. But what I will say is it's so much better. I'm so much better. I'm so much on the road to healing on the road to consistent peace. I have spots of it now, but now I know what it feels like. You know what I mean? Now my space, my body, 
my mind, my heart, everything is in alignment. And so I'm beginning to feel things more. I literally just said to my therapist today, I was like, we're getting good reviews. I should read them and I should celebrate that. So I'm going to do that, you know, because I don't read reviews, all that stuff. And, you know, you can't get away from them when they're good because people don't only send them to you. They send them to you and then they pull out the quotes and they put the (laughs) quote in the text. So you're like, I can't get away from these whether or not I want to or not. So let me read them and enjoy them. Like for the first time in my life, I was reading reviews and going, okay, thank you, Lord. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all got it. Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to do. Or that's exactly what I was trying to say. Like to be able to connect with that and feel joy surrounding it is magical and new for me. <laughs> mm. First of all, not only yes to reading the good reviews, but yes to having the friends and community around you who send you the pull out best quotes. I mean, (laughs) listen, (laughs) they're pulling, they're sending me the quotes because they know I won't read them. They know they'll send me the review and I won't read it. So they're pulling out the quotes to make me, you know what I mean? It is family. It is love. It is You know, folks going, you deserve to have joy. Please have joy. Look at all this work that you've done. Please have some joy. And so I'm sort of, I'm I'm doing that, Melissa. (laughs) One of the things that brings me great joy is enjoying you on the red carpet. Um, (laughs) Thank you. What is the perfect outfit for you? What are the the tools you use for making those red carpet choices? The red carpet thing kind of came organically. You know, I knew that fashion would be a part of my art, a part of my language, a part of how I express myself. But I didn't know that it was going to be so big. And I didn't know that it was going to be so transformative and revolutionary and then the Oscar dress happened and that was just organic that was an idea that was organic it happened and then what really clicked in was oh this is just who I am this is who I've always been you know when I go back to growing up in the black church now everybody knows you know that's a fashion show my favorite part of the year was Easter and Christmas because I got a new Easter and Christmas suit every year. Like I've always loved dressing up, Um, being first generation post-civil rights movement. It was always about what we looked like as a first impression coupled with education. So like, it's always been there, you know, and nobody around me was surprised. I was always the person, my mother will always be like, what are you wearing? You, what is that? You know, I went through my, I just had a lot of phases. You know, I went through my vintage phase in college. Like, it was just, you know, you see old photos of me. And so it feels like a natural extension of who I am. And what I decided was, once it happened, I had to find the point. It's like, I'm not just wearing dresses to, like, cause a ruckus. That's not the point. The point is... I'm trying to create a space where different kinds of conversations can happen. Conversations around masculinity, conversations around femininity, conversations around why are clothes gendered at all? 
Why is everything that we do gender? Why? And so I want to be a walking piece of activism art with my clothing. And so that's my goal. And that's what I think about. Billy Porter, thank you for inviting the questions. Thank you for stepping into truth. And thank you for continuing to pursue that joy that you absolutely deserve. Thank you, Melissa. 